Welcome back to the All Things Reality TV Podcast. My name is Lathan. I'm here with Champagne. And so this is a little bit late, but today we're going to be talking about Survivor mid-season, quote-unquote. There's only really four episodes left, which is pretty crazy. What? I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's only four, there's only a month left until the finale from when we're recording this. So the season's almost over, but it, they just passed the halfway point about 10. How many people are left now? Nine? Eight out of 18 that started so we're just under halfway so kind of mid-season power rankings but we're gonna recap the whole season so far and then we're gonna go through and say who we think is the best likely chance of winning survivor so i don't know this season is so it's different it's different you know season 41 new era um i remember kelly wentworth even came on to my live on tiktok and she said she wasn't even watching the season she didn't like that there were too many advantages but I'm slowly, I'm slowly adapting to it. I'm slowly getting used to it. And this is the new era, so. It's just a little bit confusing for me. I think that's probably, okay, so we can start with the topic of the advantages that we've seen throughout um, this season so far. I was a fan of advantages, but not to this extent, if I'm being honest, right? So, like, I liked the extra vote here and there. I like to steal a vote. I like to block a vote. You know what I mean? I like those kinds of advantages. But the fact that there's so many of them, and there's, like, Two, two advantages an episode for this person like this person has an advantage that person has an advantage this person has an idol but they have to activate it through talking in front of everyone it's like for me it becomes to a point where it's like i just wish there was like a f- i like the advantages but if there was like half of them it'd be even better you know what i mean right some of them i think are definitely hit or miss i i genuinely do like the knowledge is power um i think that's uh a oh really go- yeah because it, i mean if it's played correctly, I think Liana did not play correctly. I think um, Xander, Evie, and Tiffany were very strategic in what they did. I would have done the same thing that uh, the Yasa tribe did. Let's talk. Wait, let, let's let's talk about that actually. Well, since you brought that up, I don't understand Liana. How could she possibly think that they were that stupid? Because they knew she had an advantage. They knew that they couldn't really trust her, and she knew all that. And Xander's showing an idol right in their face, waving it around, saying, I'm playing this for her, I'm playing this for your target. And she didn't think there was anything suspicious about it. Maybe not think it's Tiffany that has it, but at least think that Evie might have it. You know what I mean? I feel like that was a little bit dumb of her. Right. No, 100%. I mean, if you're a Survivor fan and you just put your idol out there, I mean, he knew that Liana had this knowledge as power. And so, of course, he was going to do that. But thinking about Liana, you got to think, are they trying to play me? I mean, is this the right move? Do I ask the wrong person? Um, but yeah, she definitely asked the wrong person. And he was just waving it like it was nothing. Yeah, he was like, yeah, here's my idol. I'm going to use it tonight. Um, very well played. But I could see it from a viewer's perspective. Like, I knew that that was just a play. But honestly, I kind of fell for it a little bit, if I'm being honest. Oh my God, stop, Lath. You did not. I just called Liana dumb for doing that, but honestly, Xander was kind of a good actor, and the way that the editors were editing it, too, it was like, is he really that stupid? Because he was playing up this stupid character, like, the stupid, just dumb guy, like, that's, like, what his, mm-hmm. that's what he was, and I think that's really smart of him, but he goes to you, Chicago. he's an app developer, he's a really smart person, you know what I mean? Although he's, like, what, 21? He still is super smart, he's not stupid, and I remember saying, this is what I said to my friends when we were watching it, I was like... What if they gave it to Tiffany? That'd be so crazy, right? But I don't think they they would ever do that. That's literally what I said. And then it turned out that they gave it to Tiffany and she had it. So, like, it's crazy because the, the way that Xander was acting, you have to give it up to him because that was really good acting, in my opinion. He really played it off well. As he should, though. Mm-hmm. Now, if the knowledge is power was played correctly, I think that would have 
drastically changed the outcome. See, that's what I'm saying. If these advantages were played correctly, I think that they would be a complete hit. But since they weren't played correctly, it, it's a miss. And also with the hidden immunity idol, I don't like the whole phrases part because that. it's so evident. It's so obvious. The whole point of a hidden immunity idol is that it's hidden and nobody knows about it. But now... You have to get it out in the open, and now everyone knows Shan has an idol. Everyone knows Nasir had an idol. Everyone knows Xander has an idol. So now it's like you can't hide it, and the whole point of mm -hmm. it is to keep it under wraps. So I think it's definitely going to bite Shan. Um, it's definitely going to bite Xander. They're going to try to get rid of it as soon as possible. And you know what really pissed me off, personally? Because what you said, how like everyone knows that everyone has an idol because of the format of how they did the idols this season. Jeff said in the last tribal, he's like, well, how come everybody knows everything about everyone's idol? I'm like, seriously, man, because of you. Like, really? You're really going right. to ask that question? Like, you're the reason. Literally. And also with the extra vote, I feel like people are playing it so early on. Um, I believe, was it Deshaun that had the extra vote? Mm-hmm. And then Shan. Um, so, yeah, you're right. So Deshaun used it at the Sydney vote out, and he used it for Evie. I think his attempt there yep. was to just try, and I think they assumed that Sydney was going to vote for Evie just out of self-preservation. They didn't know she was going to play her shot in the dark. So they thought that that would mm -hmm. put more of the votes on Evie. That's, what I think, what Deshaun was thinking when he played that advantage. And he wasted it, and Evie was still there. But I think, I think Shan played it in a really smart way, Shannon Ricard, because... How did they know? I don't think uh, Shan's extra vote was smart at all because if they, Shan didn't have to use it. If Ricard, Erica, and Heather were all voting out Nasir, that's three out of five. Three out of five, that's the majority vote. She didn't need to use that extra vote and she wasted it. She should have brought that, I mean, she could have had that till final five and that could have been way more useful when there's less numbers. So I didn't think there was a need for her to do that. Let me explain to you why I think it was a really brilliant move. I think it's just, it's a different way of splitting the votes that we just haven't seen before because you always want to have a backup plan. You don't want to be the one to go out with someone playing an idol. So I think that they were scared that because they knew that, that Erica and Heather were voting for Nasir, right? Right. So say that they put all of their votes on Nasir, and Nasir decides, maybe I'm going to vote for Shan or Ricard, and he plays his idol, then they're screwed. So by them splitting their votes and putting one vote, I think they put the extra vote on to Nasir, and then they each of them voted for Heather, right? So it was a 3-3 split because Nasir voted for Heather. And so from your perspective, yeah, you're right. If they knew that that's how it was going to unfold, it would make sense. Or it would be stupid to play the extra vote, and it was a waste. However, it was a, it was a contingency plan so that they were for sure not going home. You know what I mean? I get the backup plan, but at the same point, there was probably no chance that Nasir was actually going to play his idol. I mean, if you're smart, you if you think you're so safe, you're going to bring it to when there's less numbers and when you're more at risk. Nasir had no idea that his name was being thrown out, so he really wasn't going to use it regardless at, from what I thought. So I think Shan should have just stayed with the plan. She was going to vote Nasir out regardless. I just don't think the extra vote was needed at all. I don't know. I understand. I could understand where you're coming from for sure. But I think the reason that they did it was just so that it was just playing the votes. Anytime you're playing, you know someone has an idol in play that he could play an idol and they don't want to have to waste their other idol. I think an extra vote is a little bit more expendable than an, than an idol, if that makes sense. But what you were saying, how everyone's using all their extra votes early, I think the perfect opportunity to use an extra vote was at the tribal council after that when Evie went home. I think Xander knew it was Xander, Evie, and then the other three was 
Danny, Deshaun, and Liana. I think it was pretty clear that Deshaun was not going to flip. He was kind of like, it, like inching towards it. But Evie said in a post-game interview that she knew that he probably was not going to vote with them. So I think Xander really messed up there by not using his extra vote or idol because he has like no people left in the game now to, to work with. So I think he really messed up there by not because the extra vote said specifically on it this extends through a revote so on the revote let's look at this scenario right so say that xander plays his idol for evie xander has immunity evie is safe and they both put all their votes on liana if they, if they go into a deadlock tie danny and deshaun don't want to go to rocks for liana because that means one of them for sure is going home that i think that they would then flip they would right. then flip onto liana that's how i think that that could have played out in their benefit potentially do you know what i mean yeah and also, I think getting Liana out would have been a much smarter idea. But, you know, they, they weren't going to flip. They weren't going to flip on her. If the votes were locked, though, with an extra vote, and it was either flip on Liana or go to rocks against each other with no chance of Evie, Liana, or Xander going home, the only people left to go home are Danny and Deshaun. You know what I mean? So I think at that point, they probably would have flipped if it was a tie deadlocked. You know what I mean? Because, you know, Jeff does that thing where it's like, well, either it has to be unanimous vote or you're going to rocks. So I think, you really think Danny Deshaun would not flip on Liana at that point? No, I mean, no, I see your point. I think Xander continuously putting out his neck to always use these advantages, you know, on Evie would have also been a huge target because that would have been a clear, you know, they're working together. People knew that from the get-go. So, and I think, you know, if you have that power, use it on yourself. I don't know. that Maybe I would play it selfishly. That's probably how I would play it. I mean, if I have an idol, I'm playing it on myself. If I have an extra vote and an advantage, I'm playing it on myself. I'm not going to waste it on anyone else. Yeah, I think there's two different styles of gameplay there. How it's like some people might prioritize their alliance and getting them forward or just self-preservation. But I think that might be looking a little bit too short term. And I think, I mean, we'll see in the next couple episodes. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe he'll somehow find a way to squeeze past to the end. But I think that after that vote out, now in this position... I think mm-hmm. he's in a really bad spot in the game. And it could he could have been in a better spot had he played his extra vote. That's just my opinion. But See, here's the thing about Xander. Um, when you're a sitting duck, you there's either two things. You can be an easy vote out or you could be seen as a number to get out a strong person. So sure. Because when you're alone, people like to use that to their advantage because they're like, he's so desperate. He'll just grab onto anything. He can be an extra vote to get out a really strong player. So it's either or. he's He might be the next boot or they could get out a really strong player and, and use him. Uh, the other advantage is shot in the dark. Now, I think this one's super, super interesting because you have a one in six shot of safety, but you also have to risk your vote. So it definitely is a risk-reward type situation I mean the chances of you getting it are slim and you do risk your vote yeah and on the topic of shot in the dark you know I really want to go on survivor one day so I'm not saying that this is rigged I'm not trying to call it survivor production but isn't it a little bit suspicious how in the start of the season it was a dice but then suddenly it becomes a scroll at the merge and then it's a scroll that they pull out of a, a hat that's put there after they play their advantage what's to say what's to stop a production person a producer from planting more like safe cards than non-safe cards when someone that they want to keep safe is playing their shot in the dark. Do you know what I mean? Do you see how that it puts up a chance for them to rig it? Oh, I like what you were saying before. I didn't even notice that. Um, but a hundred percent, if production likes people, they will. They, there's a chance that they will absolutely rig the game to have you in. Especially if they think you're going to be a fan favorite. They want views on the show. Um, I could definitely see it 
potentially being rigged, but you just never know. And also, if the one in six shot, Mm -hmm. since Sydney played it, does that make it a one in five shot, or is it still one in six? It's always a one in six shot. It's just for each round, it's always a one in six shot. I don't think it's like actually intended for them to rig it, but I'm saying it gives them now the opportunity to rig it that's like a little bit more in plain sight than ever was before. And Lauren Ashley Beck, she said, I was on her live once and like we, I like was on live with her. We were talking, the former Star player. And I was talking, it was right after this was played, that crazy episode where like the whole knowledge is power thing and then the extra vote and then like the whole thing went down in the merge vote. And I was talking, I said, what do you think about that? And she's like, well, I can't say anything because I don't want to get in trouble with Survivor, but I could definitely see your point. So a former Survivor player agrees potentially, not explicitly, implicitly, she agrees with it. So that kind of scares me about the shot in the dark advantage. T. And also I want to point out, so beginning like a while ago when the first cast came out I I remember we didn't even have bios of them I think we had a picture we had a name we had an age and then we had an occupation Mm -hmm. and we said from the beginning we were like Shannon Ricard that's what that was our two picks before the survivor season we saw their tribes we saw all three of them and I remember we were like oh no Shannon Ricard are on the same tribe this could either mean that they work really well together or they work against each other and what do you know look at the Ua tribe six people and two of them made them to the merge and guess who those two people were Shannon Ricard I mean we called it we called it I don't know hopefully they go even further but I feel like there's definitely cracks between Ricard and Shan potentially I could see in the future Shan trying to get Ricard out or Ricard trying to get Shan out just to make a big power play yeah the Ua tribe definitely down in numbers and then the Luvu tribe amazing they didn't even go to a single tribal council but do you think that played in a good way or do you think that played in a negative way so I think that at one point I think it was Shan who said at a tribal council that the two people that were left at that point, it was the final three tribal council for um, for Ua when it was Genie vote out, voted out. And Shan had said, you know, the two people that are left after this, we've been playing miles ahead of the Luvu tribe. Like, they have been to tribal four times. Heather's only been to tribal council twice. Still, up to this point, Heather, Danny, Deshaun, they've only been to tribal council twice. I think Heather's only been eligible to go home twice at this point. And they've all been to tribal council three times now, and they've and they've only been eligible to be voted out twice. That's how far behind they're playing the game compared to Shan and Ricard. They are, they've gone to more trouble councils, I think at this point, than Michelle Fitzgerald did when the season that she won. That's how far ahead of the game they are that they're playing. That's crazy when you think about it, you know what I mean? Because from the viewer perspective, we're like, oh, there's a vote out every single episode, but when you're on the island, they were just chilling until day 15 or whenever the merge happened. So it's it's really crazy. Well, and I remember Sydney saying like, yeah, it's great because they have numbers. All six of them, you think, oh, we have the numbers, let's stick together. But at the same point, Sydney was saying, you really don't know who's going to vote with you and who's going to vote against you because they've never been at a tribal council. Exactly. So they don't know where their allegiances really lied because they'd never have been tested. So as of right now, they still have the numbers, but I think it's really Erica and Heather are together and then Deshaun and Danny, but I don't see them really colliding together. See, the thing about that is because in the preview for the next episode, we saw that Deshaun and Shan are kind of going at it. I don't know if you saw the preview for the next episode that's going to air this Wednesday. I could see that because they, they've been like going at it for like at least like these past two episodes. Like you said, how the, the people on the bottom can be used as votes for people. If that alliance if that big alliance of shan ricard liana danny and deshaun split then heather and erica could then become numbers 
for their former Luvu people because I think that they would probably trust them. But it's actually, it's, but it's a little bit confusing. It's a little bit confusing there because I think that Erica and Heather might be a little bit more aligned towards Shin and Ricard because that they they saved them at the last tribal council. So it can it can really go either way. We really don't know how it's gonna play out. And so I think that's the interesting dynamic that we're gonna get to see over the next couple episodes. I think it really is like split between tribes. I mean you got you got two from Ua and then there's uh Yasa, they have two left and then Luvu has four, but like it's it's all blurred together and then there's strong personalities going against each other. So I think the season so far has been really, really good, especially with the tribal councils. I definitely agree with you, um, but one thing I've been a little bit disappointed by with the season is the lack of screen, the lack of even screen time. You know what I mean? Like, people always say the purple edit, oh, yep. right? The, the purple edit, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's like people uh-huh. who aren't shown on screen. And I think Heather has a personality. Heather, she was killing it at that last tribal council where she was, like, crying. She's like, I'm so excited for my kids to see this. Like, I'm ready to go. Like, Nasir told me I'm leaving, so I'm leaving. And she knew it was about to happen. She knew Nasir was about to go home. She was playing it up. I know. So the fact that someone's able to scheme like that, but we haven't really seen that side... Oh, and apparently her and Erica are best friends. News to me. That was the first time I heard about this episode. So it's like, <laughs> it's like if they were to be consistent with it, then I think the episodes, it, like, for example, there's four people left from the Luvu tribe. Half the people left are from the Luvu tribe, but I barely even know them. Danny, what, what, what is... I know. Besides Danny being an NFL player and Deshaun crying about being told that he's acting like a, like being told what to do. Like, what is, what is there about them? Literally, I can't think of anything that they've shown us. Exactly. Well, because they haven't had to go to tribal council, we've seen, we've seen Shan, Ricard fight all the time. We've seen Evie and the Yasa tribe fight every time, but we haven't seen that. So in terms of screen time, like, of course, Luvu isn't going to get as much screen time because of course, you know, they're not on the tribal councils, but that's just like, I don't really know their personality. I Mm -hmm. want to know more about them, but Deshaun, I mean, I don't really know about him. Danny, I don't really know about him. Erica, obviously, she had screen time when she had um when she was on Exile Island, but definitely the the lack of screen time. So, but that also plays into who went to tribal council and who didn't. So, I don't know. It, it'll probably even out now that there's less and less people. It definitely will even out, but I think this is I know a lot of Survivor fans have been like really asking for an hour and a half episodes. Like how the challenge is hour and a half episodes. I think that might be the sweet spot right. for this kind of TV show because you really need that character development when you're cheering. And I think that's where Survivor has been lacking in the recent seasons is it's so focused on gameplay. We're not getting that character development because at the end of the day, this is a TV show. We watch for the characters. People want to root for your favorites, right? Like Tiffany. Oh my God. You guys have no idea how devastated I was when <gasps> Tiffany went home. No, Tiffany, like she is so nice. Like we have not really connected with anyone on Survivor other than like this season with Tiffany. Like Tiffany is so nice. She spent time out of her day to come to our lives to just chat with us. We love Tiffany. I was so sad when she went home. I love Tiffany. Like, I, I remember I filmed the video, I filmed a video of her getting voted out and I was like crying. I was like, no, like, and my friend was like, the season's over, the season's over. And we just like turned the TV off right after her torch was snuffed. And then she posted on her TikTok and her Instagram story. I was so honored. Thanks, Tiffany. Love you. But She's so um, funny. She's so funny. I lo- but that's what I'm saying. So back to my point about Tiffany was, she was like probably like the biggest piece of character development that we got this season, right? Honestly, yeah. We saw her video in the beginning, right? Crying, so happy she gets to go to Fiji because she was an alternate, already starting with this underdog story. Right. She comes on mm-hmm. to the tribe and all of the guys want to vote her out, but then this girl alliance bans out to get the people that are targeting her. And then somehow she's the one who's controlling the tribe without even really realizing it from the fans' perspective. It's like 
and then she just gets taken out without anything on her episode. That pissed me off the most. It's like she had this whole huge crazy ride pre-merge, and then had that big move that she contributed to at the merge with the whole knowledge is power vote thing. Right. Then she just goes home after Heather told her to just, like stay still like don't do anything stay here and then like what like we had barely anything from tiffany that episode i know so like it was it was a little bit disappointing for me in my in my perspective no i feel like tiffany definitely contributed a lot to the season um even just gameplay and screen time and um i'm glad when she got out she made big moves you know what i'm saying because most people if they get out so early it's kind of like they don't really have like a resume to follow them but she genuinely made moves the xander and the evie and and also she was targeted by the guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I want to talk about, you know, this big move. We've never seen this at the merge or what should we call it? The pre-merge where we have this exile island that Erica is sent to. And she has basically a huge power where she gets to determine who's safe and who's not. But let's think about it. Reverse the outcome. Of course, you're going to keep yourself safe. If she has the option to keep herself safe. Who would ever not smash the glass? You'd be an idiot to not smash the glass. 100%. Like, I feel like we all saw it coming, even though they try to keep it up as this like big hype suspense. Of course she's going to use it on herself. If you have a chance to keep yourself safe, of course you are. But that drastically, I feel like, changed it because now Sydney's going out. And this was technically pre-merged when they all thought they were merged. So that was definitely something very interesting that we've never seen before. I was a little bit disappointed by that because I was, even though I don't really like Sydney, um, she's a but she's a villain. You know what I mean? I don't dislike her as a person. I dislike her as a character. But I was excited to see like another a good villain. You know what I mean? Someone I could hate. And that surprises me because for some reason, I feel like you like the villains. You like the characters that are very like self-centered in a way. I feel I feel like you would have been like a Sydney fan for some. I don't know, Leith, you are so confusing to me. I feel like you yeah, like my tastes half are these weird. people that I like and you don't. My tastes are really weird. I mean, <laughs> I like I loved her like thing about like they, they hate me because they ate me. They all want to vote me out because I'm just so awesome. Like, yeah, like her one liners. She's yeah. known for her one liners. Right. And so I really liked, I really did like her for that, but I just, like, there was just something about her that I just didn't like. And it's, like, no hate to her, right? She went on Survivor, good for her that she played such a good, that she, well, she didn't really play a good game, but I, good, good, like, oh. <laughs> um, but I mean, who are we to judge? Like, we're just viewers, right? We're just fans watching this show, so that's what I like right. to say. Like, I'm never going to come onto this podcast and criticize someone as a person, but what I was just going to say is my, to my point, I think that I was, we were robbed of fans to have a good villain in the season. Shan kind of is a villain, but mm-hmm. I think that Sydney. I kind of see Shan as the villain too, yeah. But Shan's a pastor. She has like that. She like wants like like she is a villain slightly, but like not like a real villain. Uh, well, no, because remember the whole Ricard versus Shan when she was like, "I need you to give me the extra vote." I was like... her team. I was team. I was team her. It was her. It was her extra vote that she got from JD, and I, I was I loved that move by Shan. Let me say, moving back a little bit to the pre-merge. When she did that thing, when she stole JD's Oh, vote. no, no, no. That that was iconic. Yeah. So, yeah, that was villainous of her. But I think she's just, like, a woman playing a game that's good. That's how people say, like, women in Survivor that are just, like, playing a ruthless game that a man would play that would be applauded for it. She's getting hate. She's going to be called a villain. So, I don't really, in my mind... Uh, that was the wrong uh, thing you're thinking of. The one versus JD, that was... 
so strategic that was masterful i mean the fact that jd actually even gave her the extra vote i'm talking about when it was the genie vote when it was the three of them and um shan had gave ricard the extra vote and then she asked for it back so ricard was like why are you asking for it back we should be on the same i don't team. blame her for that but as but being Ricard, I, think I would it was be her I would be skeptical because I'm like if you're asking for it back, then wouldn't you vote me out? You think I mean that has to go like the paranoia. See the reason I the reason I disagree with that that's why I mentioned the JD vote is because it's her advantage that she worked hard to get. You know she was the one who put the work in to get the advantage, and then Ricard just wants to keep her advantage. I didn't like. I think he was being a villain for that in my opinion. So I mean yeah I understand what you're saying where oh you want to be sure that you're all good and you're covering all bases, but. I think that's showing a lack of trust between allies, and I, I feel like that was kind of just, like, fighting for no reason. That's why I'm saying there's there's definitely cracks, and as much as we see them as a duo right now, I think they will go against each other at one point. I think mm-hmm. either – I think Shan might take the first stab. I don't know. That That's just what I'm thinking. So I, I understand your point there where you're saying that they could turn on each other, but I think that, honestly, with the preview of the next episode, they might only have each other to lean on against Danny and Deshaun, who's going to be coming after Ricard. But maybe maybe you're right. Maybe right. you're right, and maybe Shan will just flip on Ricard and take their side. We'll, we'll have to see. We don't know. Right, because I think Shan definitely has more allies, whereas if Shan were to leave, I don't think Ricard has that many strong allies. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so now that we've covered all of the big points of the up to this point in Survivor 41, let's go through and work together to figure out the power ranking. So we're going to rank from eighth to first of the people who are left in the game as to who we think is likeliest to win the game. So I think we can both agree, right, Champagne, that probably Heather yep. is in last place. Yep. As far as who is going to take home the sole survivor, I don't think it's going to be Heather. I think either she is going to be the next boot because people see her as a flip-flopper, um, a floater, or what they could do is they could take her to final three, which I think would mm-hmm. actually be very smart because I don't see Heather winning the game. So I think either she's going to be next boot or I think Heather is going to make it to top three. I, I really don't see any in between there. Yeah, I agree. And I think right behind her is probably Erica in seventh place. Or right in front of her would probably be Erica in seventh place. Right, because they're kind of a duo, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think that it's kind of been obvious. It's kind of a little bit of a spoiler by the editing of how little screen time we've seen. Like, yep. in that merge episode, she... <laughs> broke the glass and then disappeared off screen like seriously like she just caused all this chaos and we can't even see her so it's like i think it's pretty obvious that erica is not gonna win i don't think so either okay so next is sixth i think this is where you and i are gonna disagree i think xander should be in in sixth place personally i think danny really i don't think danny has made a he hasn't he hasn't made a single move i mean he's made what alliances but if i were to pick danny or deshaun i think Deshaun has made more moves and Deshaun is very sociable. I haven't seen anything from Danny, so Danny is not giving me winner vibes at all. Mm. See, that's a good argument from my perspective. I think that Xander is in a really poor position right now. I think he'll be able to play an idol at some point, make it one round, but he doesn't I don't think he has the allies to win the game. That's just my opinion. Well, if we're saying power rankings, um, if he's in the final three and his argument is he was on the bottom, he's had to use his powers, you know, he never felt safe in the game, he had to win immunities. 
I think his story on um, why he should win Soul Survivor, I think he would have an excellent story and I think he would have a great chance at winning depending on who he's sitting next to. But I think for me personally, Xander is very high on my list. Okay, so let's compromise then maybe. What if we put Danny at number six and then Xander number five? I see Xander above Deshaun because I don't think Deshaun has made... Personally, I think Deshaun could come in second. I think Deshaun is the second best chance of winning the game. What? Let, let, just think about it for a second. You saw at that tribal council where Tiffany went home when Sham was trying to get everybody to vote out uh, Heather. Who was the one that said, no, I don't want that to happen. Everyone sat down. Deshaun, right? So that shows, in my opinion, the influence that Deshaun has on the people left of the game. Right. But that that's one move, though. I mean, you look I, at the I, whole a move. fake idol I, situation. I'm saying, I'm saying not I mean, if I'm you saying... were to rank the fake idol uh, position... Or would you rank, you know, just having a voice and being influenced? I mean, I would pick the fake idol. I think that's a I think that's a bigger power move because you have Liana. She wasted her advantage on this heat. He played it up and he had allies to back him up too. So if we're looking at power rankings and what was the bigger power move, I think Xander had a bigger power move. That's just but I do think Deshaun also is deserving. I wouldn't say explicitly that um Xander would yes Xander's was a bigger move but I I wouldn't say that what I was just talking about was a move I think it just was a display of the power that Deshaun has over the people in the game the influence he has and in Survivor your social influence really is what gets you to the win so we can we can we can have let's hear let's just have our own power rankings then so we can just have up to that point I guess we have Heather then Erica then Danny and we can split up here I don't really know exactly where my power rankings are. I know who's in the bottom and I know who's at the top for me. So at the bottom, 100%, I have probably Heather and Erica. And my top two, I would probably say, I don't know. It's hard because obviously I want to put Shan up there, but I I don't see Shan lasting just because I think she's such a big threat. But if we're going off who played the best game, I think Shan's up there, I think Ricard's up there, and I mm. think Xander's up there. In terms of power moves and who's had the biggest influence on the game, those are my top three, and my bottom two is Heather and I think we can disagree disagree Erica. there about the whole Xander versus Deshaun thing. Um, just because personally, and everyone, we're just fans discussing the show, so personally, and I could be proved completely wrong, you could, he could, Xander could go to the end and win, but I think at this point in the game, I don't think, I can't see a clear path for Xander to the end. I see a clear path for for Ricard, I see a clear path for Deshaun, and I see a clear path for uh, Shan. So that's honestly my order. Probably my top, my top three probably would be first place Ricard, second place Deshaun, third place Shan. The reason Shan is a little bit lower than those two is because she's a big target on her back, and I think she's a little bit too overbearing to the point where I don't, I, I don't really see her making it that. I think her and Deshaun, I think they are going to butt heads because I think they're very strong personalities and they have very strong opinions. So I think it's going to be Shan versus Deshaun at one point. Mm-hmm. They're going to go at each other because we've seen it the last two episodes. So I think definitely Deshaun and Shan at one point are going to go against each other just because simply I just don't think that they can trust each other and they have differences of how they play the game and differences of opinions. So at the end of the day, although we disagreed on positions six through two, we can both agree that we think that Ricard has the best chance of winning. Is that correct? Yes. I th- I, I still stand by it. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, if we have a preseason ranking, we want our winner picks to win. 
So just for our own pride, if Shan were to win or if Ricard were to win, that would be a huge boost to our egos and our pride. So definitely still going. I want Shan to win or Ricard. Because we picked the Big Brother player correctly. If you go back and listen, we from the beginning, and that wasn't even we literally did though. That was like a live TV show, and before it even happened, we were like, yeah, we think this, we think that that Xavier is gonna win, and he literally won. So like, literally, we're pretty impressive. Not to pat my own back, not to lick my own chops. That's the first time I ever did that and we were right we literally were right so let's hope this trend keeps going i mean as of final eight our two picks are still in there out of 18 so that's still and they're both pretty pretty good players too either of them could end up winning exactly exactly Okay, well, that wraps up our mid-season power rankings for Survivor Season 41. Let us know your thoughts. Shout us out. Let us know what you think. Do you have our different opinions? Are you Team Lathe, Team Champagne? Whose rankings do you guys agree with more? Team Champagne, duh. Uh, <laughs> no, whatever. <laughs> we have a lot of content coming your way, so make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. If you like what we've made so far, leave us a review on Apple Podcast with your feedback. We love hearing from you guys. And just a little note from me, I am actually going to what's called Hearts of Reality event, and it's going to be in December. So you know me, a reality junkie. I'm going to meet all these Big Brother players, Survivor players, uh, challenge people. So wait for that content, and we will get definitely more interviews from there. So this podcast is only going up. For sure, for sure. So you guys can find me on TikTok at Lith and champagne at all things reality if you have any requests comments shoot us an email at all things reality podcast email.com thank you for tuning in we will see you next week with another episode <laughs> 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 <laughs>